Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Thursday, November 17th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this show is produced by Chatterbox Sports. want to thank everybody again who has shared the show. The support has been great this week. Been meeting people at the Xavier game, at the NKU game, people that have come up and said you've been listening. Really appreciate the support this week. And uh, we have a big, big show here today. And that is because of the game last night in Highland Heights. We'll start with the Cincinnati Bearcats, who yesterday got the news around noon Eastern time that top recruit Isaiah Collier had chosen USC over UC, UCLA, and Michigan. Collier will be playing his college basketball out in Southern California. And then last night, the Bearcats go over to Truist Arena. I called it BB&T yesterday on the show. It's Truist Arena. I want to make sure I give Truist their full and due credit right now. And NKU thoroughly beat the Bearcats 64-51 to in front of the largest crowd in school history, 8,503. The Norse were the talk of the early evening in college basketball across the country, really, if you were on Twitter watching the, the social media trends of the game. The game of the night was Texas and Gonzaga. Texas just laying it on Gonzaga later on in the night. But the early evening slate, it was the Norse and the Bearcats. For NKU, Marquez Warwick led all scorers with 22 points. Sam Vinson, who we weren't sure was even going to play in this game or whether he was going to be all that effective, even if he did play, was there going to be a minutes restriction? What was going to happen with Sam? He ended up playing and he had a great game, 15 points. And not a single Bearcat scored in double figures. In the second half, Northern Kentucky's defense held the UC offense to just four made field goals for 11 points. They forced seven turnovers and blocked seven shots. And joining me on this show right now is the radio analyst for NKU and maybe the happiest man in the city of Cincinnati right now. It's Rick Broering. Rick, I'm going to just let you have the floor because I saw you smiling after the game, pumping your fists. I was there. I was sitting in the section behind you, and it was a raucous crowd. It was a fun environment. The students stormed the floor after the after the game. It was a historic night for the program, for the school, for everything, a school that you've been around, your alma mater, a school that you broadcast for. It was a special night for the Norse and their crowd, and I'm going to let you just Give me some takeaways from this game initially, your overall thoughts before we really get into the weeds of it. Well, I would just say, first of all, when I was at NKU, that building had just been built and they were still Division Two. And a few years later, they made the move to Division One. And where all those decisions were being made, building a building like that and making the move up to Division One and the financial commitment that that would take, the vision was always a night like they just had a night where you beat one of the regional high major teams and stake your claim as being a legit program in this area. And uh, to see it come to fruition like that with uh, an essentially sold out crowd, I don't know what the final numbers were exactly, but the building was rocking and to see them not just win a game like that, but They were in control the entire second half. It was really never in doubt coming down the stretch. And to beat up a program like that, and if we're being quite honest, Paul, if anyone thinks that was a fluke, I'd be happy to tip that thing off again at noon tomorrow. Like, (laughs) I I think we'd get the same result. I, I think you watched a better team dismantle the other side 
in the second half of this game. And I think, you know, out of 10 times, it might be like six to four or seven to three. But I think NKU comes out on top more often than not. Cincinnati was leading this game 40 to 36 at halftime, but Northern Kentucky outscored the Bearcats 28 to 11 in the second half. Cincinnati falls to three and one on the season. Northern Kentucky improves to two and one. And after that season opening loss to Kent State, what a bounce back for Northern Kentucky in front of their home fans. And like you said, the vision of this program and this building and everything else comes to fruition in a game like this that you dominate in the second half. And with about 10 minutes to go in the game, it was still a, a seven, five, seven point game, but you just had this feeling like it was over because the Bearcats clearly couldn't score. Northern Kentucky, Northern Kentucky was firing on all cylinders defensively. They were shutting down UC completely and they were, pretty much scoring however they wanted to Uh, I know they only scored 28 points in the second half but they didn't have a ton of deficiencies on the offensive side of the ball uh in the second half it just the game was played differently to to play to that pace of 28 11 so Rick this this was a game that even though the score might have been close with about 10 minutes left you just had the feeling you knew that Northern Kentucky was going to win this game the reason for that is because NKU was never overmatched at any point. They had the better guards in this game. Marquez Work and Sam Vincent were better than David DeJulius and Micah Adams Woods, or if you want to slide Landers Nolly into that because he's one of their top scorers on the wing, you can say that. But either way, they were both better than those two guys. And in the front court, Chris Brandon. I shouldn't say dominate in terms of stats with Victor Locken because the numbers are somewhat close. Victor Locken finished with nine points, nine rebounds, uh, four of eight from the field, while Chris Brandon had 10 points, 16 rebounds, five of seven from the field, also had three assists in this one. They were somewhat close in in terms of overall stats, but when Victor Locken was trying to be a go-to offensive option for UC late in the second half when their guards clearly couldn't get anything going against NKU's defense, Chris Brandon was quicker than him. He was stronger than him. He was more physical than him. And while he was giving up a few inches, he was more athletic than than him and still able to contest his shots. And I think that led to, to Victor Locken kind of getting frustrated and being a little bit flustered there late in the game. Yeah, no doubt. And you look offensively for, for uh, Northern Kentucky all around the board. I mean, look at what Sam Vincent did. We, we weren't sure if Sam Vincent was going to play in this game. He was hurt comes out that he's going to play and then he goes out and he puts in 15 points well he hasn't played a single live rep according to head coach darren horn since their season opener against kent state when he suffered that injury and and he came back in in that game and played through it later on but then after that they had him in a walking boot he didn't practice he didn't play against uc claremont over the weekend and then leading up to this game he started to go through some walkthrough stuff in practice but he hadn't done any live reps so to see see him come out and play the way he did, and, and he was limited somewhat in terms of his overall minutes. He only played 28. Last year, he led them in minutes played. So it was a, a game where he played a little bit less than normal. He ends up with 15 points, four of eight from the field, knocked down a big three early, got to the free throw line a lot, was constantly attacking. But the biggest thing is defensively, he really was a standout player on in this game whether it was UC or NKU, he ends up with four steals, two blocks in this one. 
And really, it felt like he could match up with pretty much anyone that NKU needed him to throughout the game. Yeah, physicality, NKU was there. All 40 minutes, the physicality for the Norse, it, it showed defensively, offensively, it didn't matter. Chris Brandon, you talked about his play, a double-double, 16 points, or sorry, 16 rebounds, 10 points for him. All over the floor, the Norse were just the more physical team. They were, and that's where I go back to it. It didn't feel like a fluke throughout the game because there was never a point where NKU was overmatched or overwhelmed. They were in control. And even when they went through that stretch towards the end of the first half where they had some turnovers, UC made their run, and they ended up taking the lead right before the end of the first half, There, it really wasn't a, a panicked feeling or a feeling of, oh, okay, well, it was a good showing there in the first half, but now you're going to give way to the high major team. It was like, well, no, really, if NKU just doesn't give the ball away on a few possessions, I'm not sure how UC scores because that was really their best source of offense. That, a few runouts on fast break transition points, and then some second chance points early in the game. But in the second half, NKU did a good job of, of limiting those as well. What makes you most excited about this NKU team, Rick, when you see the potential that they have tonight? You, you get some scoring from different options, three different North score and double figures. You should you see the physicality. I like the sets that head coach Darren Horn, Darren Horn ran uh, at different points in this game. There was a great one on a baseline out of bounds to get a, a wide open three late in the second half. The coaching from Darren Horn, the physicality of this team, the scoring options, what excites you the most? I think the biggest part of that is the first three seasons of Darren Horn era NKU basketball has been a little bit of a slow start. They figure things out as they get into conference play. And then right at the end of the year, they're playing their best basketball and they make it to Indianapolis for the final four of the Horizon League tournament. And, and you know, last year, obviously, they were in the championship and had a big lead, uh, end up losing the game ultimately to Wright State at the end. But I, I think... Part of that is because his system on the defensive end especially is, I don't know if it's overly complex, but what it requires is great chemistry, great communication, and I think it's a thing that really builds as players play together and you get your lineup set throughout the year. The benefit they have this year is they have a lot of guys returning. Marquez Warwick, Sam Vincent, Chris Brandon, Trayvon Faulkner were all in the starting lineup together last year, playing the same roles that they're playing this year. The only difference in that starting lineup has been Xavier Rhodes, the Division II transfer who is now playing point guard. But even when, at, at times when you bring in Trey Robinson off the bench as the sixth man, he's another guy who played that same role as the sixth man last year. So you've got a lot of familiarity and roles and a lot of guys who understand the system and communicate well together. And I think that's what enabled them to put together a performance like this, this early in the season, the past few years, they wouldn't have been capable. Well, going back to their first year, they did give Arkansas a great run, but that was with a bunch of experienced guys that had played for John Brannon and were kind of just thriving off of being tough competitors and winners and really talented players in the Darren Horn era. This is the first group that has some experience within the system and really understands what they're trying to accomplish. And I think that's made a big difference for them early on here, got off to a slow start against Kent state, but as you can see, I think they've caught on quickly and uh, really gotten in sync. Two more questions here, Rick, for you, before I let you go, I'll flip that question that I just asked you the other way. 
what concerns you the most about Cincinnati for any Bearcats fans that might be listening to this and, and hearing this from an NKU perspective? You've watched enough of this Cincinnati team to know they score 11 points in the second half. What concerns you about the Bearcats? I think it's very clear it's the lack of offensive firepower. And it's the same problem they had last year. David DeJulius and uh, Jeremiah Davenport were their two leading scorers last season, and that just wasn't enough. As soon as teams were able to shut down David DeJulius, as NKU was tonight, they didn't really have much to go to offensively. I thought Landers Nolly would provide a little bit more firepower, and I think he will against some other better matchups for them. Part of the issue with this matchup for UC was NKU plays that unique matchup style zone. So when you're a guy with the ball on offense going against this defense, you've got all five defenders looking at you and ready to defend you at once. So ball screen actions don't work very well isolation doesn't work very well unless you're just a great shooter shooting over the top. You've got to run some good stuff offensively and find weak points along the baseline or inside, but work the ball a little bit more than UC was able to do tonight. And um, I'm not sure that Landers Nolly was cut out for this matchup. I think he will be better suited towards other matchups as they go on this season. And that will help provide them a, a more of a lift offensively. But yeah, I think that's that's just the concern. It was the same thing last year. Didn't have enough firepower. They're back again this year. They don't shoot well enough from the outside. They were 6 of 21 in this game for 28.6%. And like you mentioned, only 4 of 29 in the second half with 11 points against a, a team from the Horizon League. That's just not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done in the American, American Athletic Conference, and it's definitely not going to get it done in the Big 12 next year. So uh, UC needs to find a way to score more points and get some more talent in offensively. Although a, a good thing is Josh Reed looked pretty good in the in this game as he came off the bench and played nine minutes in this one, kind of unexpectedly. And Daniel Skillings didn't play in this game. He's a little bit nicked up right now, but he has looked pretty good early on offensively for the Bearcats as well. So hopefully in the future, those can be two guys that can give you a little bit more firepower off the bench. Last one real quick here for you, Rick. How cool was it for you to see like guys like I saw Drew McDonald come up to you after the game? Did just go. Yeah, just just the former players that were there, the crowd storming the court from the students, everything, the atmosphere for somebody that's been around the program, covered the program for so long, broadcasted for the program, all of that. You mentioned it at the beginning of this segment, but just for you to see all of that afterward come to fruition, what was that like for you? special i mean i'm very lucky they allow me to be involved with this on any small level at all it's all a ton of fun for me i mean really the year that i was brought in to broadcast the games they brought me out of the fifth row over there <laughs> behind the one basket next to nku's bench i had season tickets and uh you know i was going to applebee's before the games so uh i i get the the life that all the fans were living tonight and i loved doing that too i loved yelling at the officials and now i try to limit that as much as possible while i'm on the air but uh, tonight was a special feeling that and I, you know, in terms, it's hard for me to believe. And, and I told this to my wife when I got home that the Bengals just went to the Super Bowl last year. And yet I'm contemplating whether or not this was the best or where it ranks in terms of all time best sports moment for me as a fan. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just an incredible night. And I know there are a lot of people who had a lot more to do with it than I did that are, are definitely going to be enjoying this one. I mean, we were at Barleycorn's night in Cold Springs just talking about the guys like Dave Beasold, who built this program and and helped sustain it after 
Coach Shields did what he did and led them to national championships. And that was at the Division II level. And Dave Beasel led them into Division I. And then John Branham, Brandon took them to that next level and got them to an NCAA tournament and won a Horizon League tournament championship. And now what Darren Horn has continued to do and get that first signature high major win at the Division I level. Incredible night. How cold was the beer at Barleycorns? <laughs> Extra cold. Uh, you know, Miller Light draft is the best after NKU beats UC, as you know, Paul. Uh, well, Rick, thanks for taking the time to come on today. And uh, NKU turns their attention now. You're going to be taking a trip down to Florida. They'll play Florida Gulf Coast on Monday. That's in the uh, in an MTE, the exempt event next week, the Florida Gulf Coast Showcase. That's Florida Gulf Coast University in game one on Monday. And Cincinnati, they are going out to Maui. The Bearcats will play Arizona on Monday in the first round of the Maui Invitational. Let's take a quick look around some games that will be happening tonight. The Miami Redhawks, probably the best game in the area uh, that's going to happen up in Oxford, where Miami will play Marshall at 7 o'clock. Wright State takes on D3 Defiance College at 7. That's at the Nutter Center. And then down at Rupp Arena, Kentucky plays South Carolina State at 7. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Thursday show for you of Rebound Rundown. Have a great Thursday, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.